0: Hey, darlings. hey I um, I can't see the camera at all. I can't either. I don't think it matters, but... I know. I
1: don't know if it's the light that's blinding <laughs> or if I just have, like, my it's just screen light dark. down.
0: Either way. It's fine. It's fine. Um, hi. hey This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. Hey. I have a cold, so I'm just apologizing in advance for got the all the things that come with that. She got the sniffles. <laughs> I tried really hard to, like, do whatever was necessary to not have to blow my nose while we're recording. She brought her own personal box of tissues. I sure did. (laughs) I've gotten to where I just take tissues everywhere I go at this point. I love it. Um, I did want to tell you guys real quick, if you're on the Patreon, make sure like today, let's see, this episode is going to come out sometime around the 15th or 16th. Mm -hmm. So the, we did a Patreon post because there's um, a ritual that starts on the 20th. If you want to do it, it's called 12 magical nights and it's all the info is there on the Patreon. So if you're a Patreon member, I just want to make sure that you got to see it. And yeah, you don't have to do any big preparations to do it. You just got to have like pencil and paper basically and some form of fire. <laughs> <laughs> safely, safely. Follow okay. that protocol. <laughs> yes. We are not responsible for anything else that might happen. No. Um, Okay. I don't know if i already said, yeah, I'm Megan with yeah, the, cold I'm Karen. Karen the cold and without the cold. And I'm going to stop talking. I always have a sniffly nose, though, so here That's we
1: are. True. Okay, guys. <clears throat> I know I've mentioned several times in the past that I want to cover Frank Abagnale's story. And it's not really, it's not, it's definitely not a murder, but it's a mystery about how he really pulled off this life of crime. This is that movie, right? Catch me if you- It came out in, I think, 2002- Leonardo DiCaprio portrayed him, and I just loved him in
0: it. It's such a good movie. It really is. No matter what you think about Leonardo DiCaprio, it's just a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, um, also, Frank Abagnale, when questioned about the movie, he said that Mo- like Spielberg kept it pretty close to being accurate. He really? said about 80% of it. He said that Spielberg put that he was an only child. He wasn't an only child. He had brothers and sisters. And um, a couple other things like he just kind of spun the truth on. But he said it's pretty close. And I'm like, this is all really accurate. Like, what?
0: It How? is incredible. the How? things that He manages to pull off. Yeah. He's like, been
1: a pilot, a doctor, a lawyer. He escaped prison. Or I guess arrest. He escaped arrest. It's wild.
0: I think because the laws he told were so big. That you intricately woven. Yeah. Yeah. And he portrayed the parts.
1: Yeah, like he went all out and wore the outfits and did all the things. Why wouldn't you believe that? True. Oh, it's wild. Okay. Now people wouldn't get away with something like that, probably.
0: But whatever. Um, what's her name? The <clears throat> the fake socialite, the fake journalist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name now. I can't either. But there's a documentary on Netflix. Maybe. Yeah. It's not really a documentary. It's a but a movie based yeah. on the tale. Finding. Dang it. Oh um, man. Well, anyway,
1: you guys probably know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're screaming it at us right now. Okay, Frank William Abagnale Jr. was born April 27, 1948 in Bronxville, New York. He had a, he and his siblings had a pretty normal early life. Just your typical childhood. And then the parents decided to get divorced. And Frank did not handle this. Mm. Okay, he just was struggling a lot, actually. He was 16 when he started to partake in some criminal activities. Same. (laughs) Megan's (laughs) Megan's a little wild, guys. Um, He started writing bad checks. And this is what kind of started everything. Started the moral road. Mm. So that is really like in the movie, too. That's just like the main highlight of it all like it keeps going back to like this is him like little pieces of him with the bad checks it started with him at 16 just opening bank accounts under fake names and then he would overdraw them and back then the banks weren't as fast as they are now so it would take time for them to deposit into the account and then take more days for them to realize that it was fraudulent so he would just continue to open accounts in different names and write checks and they would then bounce after a while but he would be on to the next account oh wow yeah so that's how he started getting money Then he started to forge and alter checks. So he would either fake checks. He would start from either scratch and make a brand new like or he would just change the amount that was on the check to make it look like it was for more. Oh, I see. Yeah. So then he would mimic. Signatures that were on the checks and make new checks and continue to make checks like that with that official signature on it or the emblems on it, like payroll checks and stuff.
0: Oh, mm hmm.
1: So he created counterfeit payroll checks and he would pose as like a pilot as like when he was
0: like 16, yeah,
1: when he was young. And that way, when he was going to go cash this check at the bank or wherever, or like the company's payroll, whatever. He would be in his pilot uniform, and so they wouldn't think any different. They'd be like, oh, yeah, he is a Pan Am pilot. Like, no yeah. big deal. That's amazing. It is wild to me. So he, of course, took advantage of the bank's policies and did all of these things in the early 1960s. And, you know, like I mentioned, it, it it's not as easy now, probably, to do that. It would probably be cut on a little quicker.
0: Yeah, I mean, people still do it, obviously. Yeah. Check kiting and my gosh, check yeah fraud, yeah. But I think it is. There's so many more measures in place. Mm-hmm. I worked at a bank once. Do you ever know this about me? Uh, I, One of my millions yeah, I of think jobs. So, I I've think had. we talked
1: about it when we yeah. talked about the bank robbery. So, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean that was good 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Also, he didn't limit his check fraud to the U.S. He did it outside of the U.S. in multiple countries. Because, you know, their bank systems probably weren't as... How did he get there? Put together. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. It says that uh, the amount of bad checks he wrote accumulated to about 2.5 million across 26 countries over a
0: five-year period. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just ballsy. Like exactly. I'm so afraid to do anything. I'm afraid to do something that
1: I haven't even done. I'm yeah. afraid
0: that I'm getting caught for things that I haven't even thought existed. I know. Like what like, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to being suspected. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like he's out here defrauding banks yes. of $2.5 million yeah. dollars as a kid. Yeah. Like he had with him
1: typewriters, he had chemicals to make the checks look real.
0: And several tools. A friend of mine, who's like a few years older, few years older than me, recently talked about this guy who went to college with, who was like making counterfeit money in his dorm room, oh, and he got he oh went to gosh. prison. But I'm just like, how would you even think you could get away with that? Like yeah. I would be terrified. I know. I know people that worked at like a
1: Kinkos or something, and they like made copies of coupons and continued to use them. And I'm like,
0: this that's scary. Yeah. You're going to get in trouble. But then they don't. No. Yeah. Oh, they got it in front of him. Oh. And my friend was like, was well, scary. he only got caught because he, he got greedy and started doing it on like a large scale. Oh, my God. If you if you do it on a small scale, you no, get away with okay. it. And I'm like, what? Why would you? Even, how? I'm terrified. How do you even think? That? I would get caught. I would get caught. Because to- I would I act so about it. <laughs> yes. Here's
1: my. Are you sure you want to take that? This is
0: totally good money. Don't even question it. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, this don't is worry Why about would it. I not have a thousand dollar bill?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't <laughs> use that highlighter on it, whatever that marker is. Don't, yeah. don't worry You could just
0: skip that part. <laughs>
1: or you just like leave your groceries and toss all the money at them and run because that's what I would do. <laughs> okay. By the time Abigail was 17, he had impersonated a Pan Am World Airways pilot and flew over a million miles for free. 17. 17. By deadheading. Do you know what deadheading is?
0: Where he he is not actually flying it just hops on the yeah. plane
1: yeah so he would go on to impersonate a pediatrician in Georgia a lawyer in Louisiana and he he got married under uh, a false name and all the other fun things
0: wow mhm
1: yeah, but uh, being an airline pilot is one of like the most famous things that people know about him.
0: That's the part I always think of when I think of the movie, because mm-hmm. he's like walking through the airport in his uniform.
1: Yeah, he chose Pan Am because it was the most pre- prestigious international airline at the time. He created a fake identity, forged a pilot's license. Because he was really good at forging things. And he just traveled the world. I just. I can't. He got a uniform. He called headquarters. And he said he was a pilot. He lost his uniform while traveling. They referred him to a uniform supplier. Where he acquired a Pan Am pilot's uniform. Using a fake employee identification number.
0: I mean. It's like. Yeah, terrible because it's illegal, but Manny's so freaking smart like how, and resourceful. Like just so quick. Yeah. Huh?
1: And like Megan said, deadheading. So he was flying for free. It was airline employees or pilots. They're allowed to travel on flights to their next place of work at no cost. And so as a fake pilot, he just rode in the cockpit jump seat or passenger seats. But he was very careful to not get on a flight where he might have to take control of the aircraft
0: oh good so he had at least some sort of <laughs> well
1: and that's the thing in all of his jobs like i'll tell you in a second about the pediatrician but he was very careful not to put people in harm's way yeah which is wild that he like was so he just knew like I don't, so, so was he going out it for
0: just like the rush of like seeing what he could get away with that's it almost feels like an addiction that yeah. you get some sort of
1: yeah, no. he took advantage of all the things that airline employees could take advantage of, food, hotel accommodations, I mean, all the things, the travel, the free travel, everything. Can you imagine just being like, oh, my next flight's over here and not even like having someone check to see if you are in fact that pilot. On yeah, that's what I was
0: thinking. Like, yeah, if you could just show up and say that and nobody checks. hmm.
1: They said that he was able to pull this off because he was super confident, he was charming, he could tell convincing stories, and that way he could talk his way through any situation, even though he had zero knowledge of being a pilot. Yeah. He just could bullshit his way through it.
0: Yeah. I mean, confidence can really get you a long way. A long way.
1: His pilot career ended when airline and law enforcement agencies began closing in on him, and... It was too risky for him to continue flying around. And um, his autobiography, Catch Me If You Can, he talks a lot about all of this. So then pediatrician in Georgia, he decides that he's going to be a pediatrician for about, well, he ends up being a pediatrician for about 11 months. Can you imagine faking it for 11 months? He was Dr. Frank Connors. And um, he had forged a bunch of documents to come up with it. I mean, even like degrees and stuff. What if you had taken your child to him? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? So he decided to go to Georgia Hospital because there was a shortage of doctors. And so they weren't as strict on their hiring process. They were like, we
0: just need people in here. Where was he from originally? Uh, New Right. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. So he went all the way, because I guess yeah. he's gone all over Bronxville, the world. Yeah, Bronxville, New York. Yeah. So, yeah, he ended
1: up going everywhere. So he, like I said, he went to Georgia Hospital, and they were super busy. They were stressed because they didn't have a lot of doctors. So they were like, yep, come on board. He showed them all of his fake documentation. He had zero medical training but it said that he was able to observe and mimic medical jargon and behaviors well enough to avoid suspicion. Wow. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm the white page of knowledge, like when it comes to random things. But being able to pick up on enough to where people believed you on that kind of thing, especially something like that.
0: Especially in medical pediatric, Pediatrics. Yes. And it's like all these people you know are the experts and you're mm-hmm. faking it. And that would be mm-hmm. so intimidating to me. Yes. I would not even. Yeah care. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I'm still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all Mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, Uh T Y.
1: Curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild, like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is
0: using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind.
1: So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. So he became a supervisor. (laughs) He was responsible for overseeing the resident intern's And wasn't directly involved in performing surgeries or medical procedures. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So he kind of like knew the path he needed to take in there to where he wouldn't harm someone.
0: Well, that's good. But
1: then a baby under his indirect care got some complications and he was just like, I am going to end up hurting someone. I'm going to have to quit. So it wasn't because he was afraid he was going to get caught. It was because he was just like, I'm going to end up hurting somebody i'm going to end up hurting a child i can't do this anymore but see
0: do we know that because that's what he wrote in his autobiography yeah
1: so he it says in years later um he expressed regret for his per- particular impersonation acknowledging the ethical and moral boundaries he ca- or crossed by
0: posing as a pediatrician i think because he's clearly a con man uh-huh i'm a little like Did you is he still conning us though? uh Or was it more about you don't want to get caught? Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the movie he's very likable. Exactly. Of course it's a movie. Uh huh. But he
1: still does I mean, now that
0: he works for the FBI now, right? Yeah.
1: For forty years and he goes and does all these speeches to companies and he helps companies and big, you know, entities, you know, avoid fraud. And so, you know, he, he he can talk. He's doing something good. Yeah. So let's talk about his impersonation of a lawyer. Listen to this. He's in Baton Rouge and he's going by Robert Black. He passes the bar exam.
0: Oh, my God. Uh-huh.
1: He takes it, I think, three times and passes on the third try. And he, then they had this rule that if you apprenticed, you know, under lawyers or whatever, you could take the bar exam, which is wild. And if you passed, you, here you go. Without going to law school? Yeah. Here you go. You're an attorney now. He (laughs) was employed at the attorney general's office. Wow. Isn't that wild? In Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. The Louisiana state attorney general's office. Yeah. He was under the supervision of the state attorney general. (laughs) It's wild. He was there for nearly a year. And he only had like little legal matters, and he didn't take any cases that he knew would have to go to court because he didn't want to be exposed
0: so this whole time, while he's doing the pilot thing and the doctor and uh-huh. lawyer uh-huh. that's within this five year span of yeah. him doing all the check stuff too, yeah. right? So it's like he had he was doing two major frauds yeah. that he could get caught at, yeah. I don't know how he slept at night. Like, how, how do these people happily? Function? Apparently. I would be a nervous wreck. Yeah. But he
1: doesn't have voices. If I were on a stop no sign, I'm like... Oh,
0: exactly. <laughs> Somebody saw <laughs> me. I'm going to get pulled over. There was definitely a camera.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get a ticket. I think there's
0: a camera catching my every move. <laughs> oh, I think I always have, like, tickets or something. Yeah, no I don't... I'm, like, the most cautious driver out there. I will not park where it tells me not to park. No, same. I follow every same. parking regulation. Yeah. I am cautious. And people Kathy, who don't, I'm like, what are you, you're going to get so much wrong. Someone's going <laughs> to slap your wrist. Do you know how many cans of food you're
1: going to have to donate to get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he ended his career not because he got in trouble with the law. A Harvard graduate was suspicious and started asking questions because Abignale claimed he was a graduate. He got suspicious and, or they got suspicious, so he was just like, I'm going to resign. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, that's wild. So it says in his autobiography and interviews, he reflected on this time of his life, and he was just amazed at his own audacity and luck of pulling off this part of his life.
0: Yeah. that That's what you're amazed Frank, of? so are we. Yeah, right. we're very confused. I'm amazed at my own audacity. I, that is the a thing I have so never agree. said about myself.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So during this time as an attorney, he ends up with a wife. He was working as a fake attorney and he married a woman named Paula Parks. She was the daughter of a well respected local family. He deceived her, he deceived her whole entire family, and he continued all of these little fraudulent activities while being married to her. But then. Um, and also like, do you think that he got married because he, it was just a thing that attorneys were doing? Or do you think it's something that he was like, I kind of want a normal life now. This is what I should do. Or do you think that he got married because it would hide things a little
0: better? I mean, in the movie, it seemed like he loved her. Yeah, that's true too. But it's almost like he was carrying out this con, he was living this life. And Uh I think he married her because that's what the that that's what robert black would have done yeah isn't that who robert black we're at robert black now right yeah that's what right that was the move yeah that's
1: true um so the family started finding out about his activity his fraudulent activities and the marriage started having issues and they ended up getting a divorce and the family was just like appalled that somebody could do this and pull this off yeah And he says, yeah, yeah, exactly. He says in later years that he's just like super remorseful for the pain and trouble he caused to Paula and her family. And Paula has kept a very private life um, and she tries to stay out of everything.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. Imagine like everything you know about him was a lie and you loved him and you married him. Right. And you had this feature pictured with this man. Right, exactly.
1: You thought he was this great attorney at the attorney general's office. And you had like this like white picket fence family type situation. And whoa, wait a second. You're who? And he's significantly. From New York and doing what?
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? It's so awful.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine just like having to remember to go by these names every day?
0: I feel like he probably had no. I mean, the way that he's able to pull everything off anyway, and he's so quick on his feet and whatever, I think he was just like, okay, yeah, this is who I am now. Yeah. And he seems like he lives this life for long stretches of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay. So he, his luck ran out. 1969, he's arrested in France and extradited to the U.S., where he's convicted of multiple counts of forgery and fraud. Um, but his story doesn't end there. <laughs> So he gets an early release. He serves just over five years of his 12-year sentence. And it's upon, like, his conditions are you have to help the federal law enforcement agencies. So they said, particularly the FBI, you need to teach and assist us in in, in in identifying and investigating crimes related to fraud and embezzlement. You have to educate everybody on your tactics, your techniques, the psychology behind all of this check fraud, identity theft, anything that you've done in your life, you need to spill the beans on. Like You've got to teach us all how you did it and you're going to do it without pay because that was part of his release. Wouldn't that suck? Going and sitting in a job where you're terrified because you've been running from these people your whole entire life and then all of a sudden you're sitting in a suit and tie
0: in an office
1: working with these guys telling them your trade secrets oh so this turned into a long-term relationship he was with them for over 40 years following his release he continued to go on and on with all of these things like he now does public speaking and education. So he has also he has his own consulting firm. <laughs> this is a so wild? So he has done all of these things, and you would think, oh my god, he's gotten a slap on the wrist. Yeah, because they need his help in things. Yeah,
0: like that's what he's looks, so smart. Yeah, that they were like, we actually you felt smart outsmarted us,
1: and we got you, but we also like need you. Also, did you know that he escaped? No. It, being arrested once. Oh, I mean, well, I mean him. I, everything I know he I escaped, know from the movie. Right. But- he escaped. So in the movie, it's a little wrong. It says he escapes out of the bathroom. He escapes where they like bring the drinks and the food out. He escapes out of the airplane. I mean, they end up getting him again, but that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. He says that his motivation in like interviews and stuff, it was to make amends of his past actions. And it was an opportunity to turn his life around and contribute positively to society. He did turn his life around. He got married and um, has a family. He's pretty private about the family that he has, obviously.
0: Imagine <laughs> your like, father-in-law being Frank who <laughs> That would be <laughs> you wild.
1: Know? So here's a quote from an article that's in my sources that you all can find. This person writing the article says... So what are you most proud of from the last 37 years? He says, I was very fortunate because I live in a great country where everybody gets a second chance. So you can make a mistake, pay your dues, get up, brush yourself off, start all over again. But I'm most proud that I've been married to my wife for 37 years, brought three beautiful children into the world, and have been a great father and husband. My proudest moment was probably when my oldest boy finished law school, went on to become an FBI agent. That was beyond my imagination that with my background, my own son would become an FBI agent. Yeah. Isn't that wild?
0: That is wild. And it's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
1: My how the tables have turned.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I don't know. It's nice to think that he became something. Yeah, you know. Cause it's clear he was so smart. And, and he, it does seem like he kind of had victimless crimes, except for, well, except for the Paula Paula,
1: and the fraud, fraudulent checks like you. Those companies lost that money. Those banks lost that money. Those people that he like, what if he wrote a check in some person's name that actually existed? Like they, oh, yeah. that money's not in their account because of that. Yeah. Like they, they could have been charged with That's something true. with forged checks. He lived a wild life.
0: Yeah. I guess once you get started. How do you stop? Right. Exactly. And Especially when the FBI is on to you. It's like, well, I can't just stop now and live a normal life because they're going to catch me. I have to keep running.
1: Yeah. Catch me if you can. Yeah. He's a gingerbread man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he, I mean, to this day, I think when I was looking at some articles, I think one that I saw was like September 2023 that he was doing some speeches at some place. So he's still out there doing his thing. Spreading
0: the word. Spreading the word. Teaching everybody how to not be a victim, not guess, be a victim. yeah by showing them exactly. the other side yeah.
1: uh-huh. oh that's great yeah
0: that's really interesting it makes me want to go watch the movie again I know
1: I love that movie Yep.
0: okay well thank you
1: yeah you're welcome there's okay. your little happy mystery
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to do some shout outs yeah let's because do it because we haven't done any in yeah. a very long time <laughs> <We're> some <goodness. laughs> uh, somebody asked about it uh, it's been several weeks ago now and I was like oh, oh thanks for the reminder uh, you know once I moved out of my house it's just like everything was forgotten Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and that's totally fine
0: okay so oh man we're really good with words you want to go first you want me to it doesn't you know what we're gonna it's fine hey before we start (laughs) let me tell you the reason why we're doing shout outs if you are a member of the patreon at the body of a goddess or the janet levels one of the perks is we shout out your name on the show and generally mispronounce it it's incorrect you're welcome
1: (laughs) Enjoy. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Misty Gibby. Amy Bailey. Mm. Gabby Forlenza? Or Gabe? Gabe, yeah, Gabe.
0: It would be two B's if it was Gabby.
1: Gabe Forlenza.
0: Amanda Simmons. (sighs) Oh,
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) Valencia Arnold. Valencia? Sure. Ray Lamb. Veronica Jackson.
0: Maddie Walter. Anna Lehman. Beth Ori. Faith
1: Kaminsky. Stephanie
0: Daniel. Christina Zagadi. tina Eisenbrandt, riley arnold aaron sharp stacy stats jenny hampton katie kazik Mike wazowski <laughs> uh, gina Baig.
1: samuel nope sarah <laughs> samuel. <laughs> sarah Moel. Moel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: shelby mckeller sharon johnson good job
1: that wow. wasn't so bad do you speak for yourself <laughs>
0: Now listen, these shout outs are like from July. We're that's really far sorry. back. I think maybe June and July. So that's how far back we are. We will get caught up. I promise. If we didn't say your name this time, we'll get it in the next And one. if
1: we said it wrong, that's what you well, get. Well, that's just to be expected. <laughs> that's what you get.
0: Okay, we love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.